Random screed, random screed, random screed, it's what you need. Wah! Hello, screeders. Holy cow, I'm in shorts today. It's better, it's wonderful. I can almost feel my spirits rising just talking about it. I'm in northern Illinois. We had a blizzard on Sunday. Today is not Sunday. It's two days later on Tuesday, and there's some still snow in the ditches, but the sun is warm. I'm in a t-shirt and shorts. It's not really a t-shirt. It's really a nice uh, polo, but uh, yeah, I'm flying down the road, and it is awesome. As far as many other things go, the episode I have in store for you has a couple call-ins, one of them with a long diatribe from me about 5th edition, and then I wanted to up, update you all on some stuff concerning gaming, and uh, BFRPG is dead, long limb BFRPG, and some questions about how you guys feel about the OSR should we be trying to strong arm anyone wanting to join into the OSR and attempting to meld their minds with what the OSR is or should we not do that should we just let them make what the OSR is for them and if that changes the paradigm or the definition of the OSR accept it and move on you know we're gonna keep people are gonna keep playing the games they want to play and does it matter what they're called i don't know i do know today is tuesday april 16th 2019 i am jason hobbs and this is random screed hey jason tim from gothridge manor i'm listening to your most recent podcast and you're kind of taking the fall for how it started or everything. But if they don't show up, man, they can't do anything with it. So don't blame it all on yourself. I mean, I don't know what the hell you did to screw it up to begin with. But, you know, players have to show up for things to get better anyway. Sometimes it takes a little while to get things off the ground or whatever. And, uh, you know, and if they're not showing up, you can't waste your time on that. There's too much, There's too little time to be messing around with... Uh, people are not going to show up so peace out brother oh yeah tim shorts with gaffridge manor you're right there's too little time to do all the stuff we might want to do i don't know if i gave it enough time but i stuck a fork in it so screeters the basic fantasy rpg game has been closed um the stuff that i loved about that in a quarter mile I really loved about that game were the setting additions that I made and uh, the player buy-in with the truths and the bonds. But that buy-in is also what maybe caused the people to have a different feeling about the game. You know, I don't really know. I do plan on having kind of an exit interview. I canceled the game yesterday. People showed some sadness. Um... But I'm not sure how much sadness, you know, no one really refuted the idea that players weren't latching on to it. And um, the games that were missed were as much, you know, is right in the middle of GaryCon. So obviously we're going to miss the games for that. Um, but then people had stuff going on and 
when you only have an every other a week game and you miss games and it's like pushes it out to a month it's just that's just not going to work for me especially with what i was trying to do um i'll probably try to run basic fantasy again i can't say that i fell in love with the system or anything like that it was uh meh to me uh, i could take it or leave it there's no other no real reason to play that instead of bx except the fact that it's race and class i guess that might be one i have to look into that a little deeper um I do plan on taking the setting stuff and probably using it elsewhere. I made up some new uh, cultures that I really liked, and uh, it's Zoth stuff. I like the idea of, uh, of civilizations as they shift through their ex life expectancy or their history of how, which direction they go from savage and barbarism and into enlightenment or decadence i really feel like that uh, alignment of a civilization or community or citizens cultures are an interesting aspect that could be used in uh, domain or dominion play somehow so that concept and the experience was good uh, the knowledge that i really should have done the in media res and came back and flashed back to the rest because people don't remember it anyway. People aren't remembering these details of the mystery. So, and they weren't really using the MeWe community to remember things or write reports or any of that stuff. Um, it could have been a, it was a bad choice of players. Uh, you don't want, I'm not running a beer and pretzels game that you just show up to kill stuff and that's it. It's really going to be a thinking game and... Uh, you're going to have to put more effort into it to get effort, you know, to get your rewards out of it. So I really think gaming is you get what you put in. And if all you want to put in is, you know, beer and pretzels, then that's all you're going to get out. Well, as a game master, that's not what I want to do. And unfortunately, it's hard to do as on a player by player in a basis inside a group. I really think the whole group has to be on the same page with that. I've said that multiple times with uh, story games like Fate, uh, where you're establishing all the things together as a group and not just as the GM behind the scenes. But the more I play, the more I feel like uh, a group establishes what the game is going to be almost regardless of system. It uh, affects it more by system, but any system can be affected by a group mentality. And getting that to the right place is not always easy. So, anyway, uh, the Western Lands Basic Fantasy RPG game is dead. It's dead, Jim. Stick a fork in it. Thanks for calling in, Tim. Talk to you later. Hey, Hobster, it's me, man. Hope you're well. Um, I'm trying to put an episode together following on my theme of 5e, talking about character gen. I wondered if... Uh, you had any thoughts on 5e character generation that you might like to chip into the mix? Um, if you have, just uh, throw us a call in, mate. I'd appreciate your angle on it. Um, yeah, so only if you've got only if you've got time, mate. Anyways, but uh, if not, don't worry, and I'll catch you later, bro. I guess I should say. 
that uh, the reason I'm asking is because one of the criticisms of Five E is that the character generation is a bit lengthy and involved. So um, yeah, that's kind of kind of where I'm coming at. If that if that makes more sense. See you, mate. Hey, Colin, it's Hobbs from Random Screed. I got your message today, and I started listening to all your 5E episodes, and I'm about halfway through number four. And, uh, man, I have a lot to say about it, and I'm not sure how many episodes, how many messages this will uh, take. Um, first of all, I have played it. I was really excited to buy 5th edition. Uh, it's the first time I bought in any core rulebook since third came out and i wasn't a big fan of third even though i found other people say they think i would like it anyway fifth edition i like the basic game i ran it um i've ran and played fifth edition multiple sessions i don't know if it's been a hundred but it's been quite a few and i always just feel like i'm it's missing something and i wonder if it's a situation of less is more you know less is more so when you have everything I'm pulling a Hobbs <laughs> when you have everything that you need and then you put more and more stuff on top of it it can make you feel like you're not going to find all of the things uh, another aspect of it is this characters feel too powerful to me in the early levels the early levels are my favorite and when the characters feel too power i realize that all they did is up the power level of the monsters then see this is just like listening to my show how great is that anyway so they up the power of the monster levels to uh compete with the character levels and then you just have more and more stuff which kind of leaves me uh blasé um, character options more options on the character sheet don't make more options in play. So the less options you have, the more overall things that you can do in a game, in my opinion, because what they've done is tried to make everything that you might come up with in a game and then apply it in a character class or a... In an older game, you would just come up with those rulings and apply them as you went. Um, so all in all, I've played it. I continue to buy books for it to see if I would like it more. And then they just sit on my shelf until someone says they're going to play it. And then I look at them and then I put them back. And I don't really use it very much. I really do like the fact that people are playing it and uh, people are in love with it. But, I mean, I don't really know how many more people are actually playing it. I do know people are buying the books, though, if you notice the difference. Anyhow... For me, I would say meh. I'd play it if someone wants to. I'd run it if someone wants to. But it isn't my game of choice by any means. I think that they're trying to do too many things in order to use uh, AL play, you know, organized play. And that kind of limits what it could have been, in my opinion. So, anyway, hope that helps. Later. If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van. Don't turn off that sad nap man. Random screed, random screed. Don't know what you get, but it's what you need. So we interrupt this random screed to uh, have a discourse with Colin Green of Spike Pit concerning 5e in general and character generation. Thanks for calling in and asking me this question. Uh, it was a good move because it was a great impetus for me to catch up on your show. Uh, one thing that I don't know if I really made clear 
is the idea that uh, different game systems, even in D&D, use options and player choice in different ways. In 5th edition, a lot of the player choice is done up front during character generation because each character has all these little bells and whistles that are attached to it, which are kind of controlling what their options are going to be later in the game. Like an older style game like BX or Black Powder Black Magic to drop it into the DCC era uh, or environment or aesthetic, you, um, you're doing way less choices in the beginning because the characters don't have a ton of bells and whistles. Or like Matt would say, BX is broken because characters don't gain anything as they go up in levels, uh, but very few things. That's because the game isn't about character choice up front uh, and what you choose as your class and your feats and your path and your optimization. Those aren't really things in those games. And I don't think I'm saying those things are wrong, but they're not really my cup of tea. What I would prefer is emergent gameplay, knowing the character and the kind of the character doesn't character growth and uh, story growth for the character do not happen on the character sheet. They aren't decided up front during your character optimization or character generation or creation. They're decided in play. So my character, uh, Rachel Valnan, the elf in Tim Schwartz's Komar Forest game, in, up front, there wasn't really anything decided. The stats, I guess, were rolled up, and he's an elf. And uh, he's from this culture, which gave him some ideas or gave us some background on him. But other than that, everything was de- detailed or is uh, dynamically created through play. And that's what we, what it is to have emergent story. So now the character is actually becoming quite a combatant because of the sword of Kalish that he gained. And that's becoming his main thing. When I created the character, I kind of figured him to be archery. And I made him a, a, a pal, a halfling pal that would be the tank. But, I mean, he kind of runs in there with his sword. And that's what he does. And that's what he's been successful at. And I think... The more things that I do for him are going to be built around that. And that came up in play, not some sort of optimization path that I decided on during character generation. And I like that. I don't like putting a lot of time into character generation. In fact, I kind of hate character generation. I would rather play a pre-gen and make him my own than generate a character. That's just me. That's not everybody. But that's one of my thoughts about 5e. Uh, There's a lot of analysis paralysis and your level of game mastery to make a character in 5e is is on the higher end. Uh, I mean, it's not champions by any means, so you don't have to have help doing it. (laughs) But that would be my addendum to the three messages that I sent to Colin to use for his uh his episode so yeah thanks for calling in colin thanks for giving us some fodder and a little 5e talk on random screed
Here we are. Oh, the dang smacking lips again. Damn it. Here we are on the vinyl couch, creators. Uh, I mentioned um, last episode or maybe the one before of how nice it is to use gaming to help your mental health. One problem with that is now when that game doesn't work as well or your gaming frustrations from scheduling where you have to cancel a game or any number of similar things, in some ways maybe maybe it makes that worse because now the thing that's supposed to be helping you is hurting you. And that's kind of what I'm experiencing right now. But it's not the fault of the game and we all control how we react to things. That's what we can control. We can't control the things that happen we can try, but we can control how we at react to the things that happen. So I am talking a little bit about bait and switch. I feel tired, but I think of it, I'm doing a lot of work. I'm working six days a week, sometimes seven now with my regular job. And I'm trying to put a lot more effort into creating that moolah that can help later in life working on all my hobby stuff in a quarter mile so in essence i am saying that i feel upbeat i'm staying positive i'm surrounding my pe- myself with positive people uh, really enjoying company with my wife and calmada uh, for sure and the players of calmada are really upping their game and i think the last few sessions have been some of the best yet and i really enjoy that but I can kind of feel a lethargy seeping in like certain things I just don't want to do. And there's no real good reason for it. And I recognize that I'm staving off, you know, uh, some depression and I'm hoping to stick up with that. I'm increasing my vitamin D and trying to be cognizant of my sleep. And those are all really important things. So if you're feeling the same way with the weather change or, If you feel like, you know, you need some mental health time, listen to yourself and your body. Uh, Do know, though, that depression lies. So don't listen to that stuff, but listen to when it feels like you're down or, you know, when you get some symptoms of something, try and figure out what the problem creating the symptoms are and not just treat the symptoms. I think we'd all be a lot better off if we could do that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. Uh, I'm none of those things, but I am trying to help myself through these things with random screed. And if you can learn something that helps you, like I always say, it's worth it. An update on the road crew game. I think last episode I mentioned that, uh, I was starting to run DCC in a public place and I did that. I used sailors. They kind of skipped a lot of the stuff that people get into and got right to it with the, I guess this is spoilers, uh, with the chaos champion. Uh, They actually dealt with him fairly easily. I used reaction rolls to decide what they would do depending on what the players did. They kind of rushed them and got messed up in a kill box and uh, they took care of them. I actually ran the very first encounter incorrectly with the uh, horror vines, uh, according to the statistics that Harley put in the book. They were only supposed to do damage if both attacks hit, and uh, I was doing damage with every attack, and they were just 
cutting through some guys. There were only three players, and they each had five funnel characters. And I think I one guy chose to add two after the fight with the Chaos with the Beastmen champion. And I, I maybe one guy has three, one guy has two, and one guy has four. So that was a some some significant losses there. Some of the characters are starting to get some personality. Maybe I did talk about this. I don't remember. Anyhow, there's another update. Um, so I think that's going well, and they seem to like it. And yeah, that's exciting stuff. Kalmada game tonight with Eric Salzwedel, who has only played uh, face-to-face at Gamehole Con last year in our presidential suite, and now he's going to try it online, but he doesn't have a laptop, so I think he's going to try and use his phone and his tablet, so it should be interesting to see how that goes. We got a few uh, veteran players that are hanging out with him, at least guys that have played four or five sessions. They're kind of doing some exploration south of the main river, which is interesting. My van is really loud today, guys. Sorry. It's almost unnerving. I hope it's not so loud to you guys, but there you go. Like, I'm trying to figure out what's making Kalmada be better now than it's been in the past. And I've had multiple people tell me that they think they're the best sessions. And I think it's a couple things. One thing is they're not just randomly going out and killing monsters and taking their stuff to gain XP. They're actually following up on storylines and I find that pretty interesting. Um, It seems almost counterintuitive people would say to what a West Marches game in, but it isn't. These storylines, Jesus Christ, I gotta do something about how noisy my van is. I'll be back. No guarantees, but I hope that's better. I think it's the road mostly. Anyway, Kalmata is better, and I hope that continues. The Their mission or goal for the evening is a little less defined, which I think also makes it more difficult to prep, and that can be something that's making the players feel like the game is better. Uh, my energy has been up, which is always going to help. But I don't really know. Um, If anyone knows, uh, any players, if they notice something that's different or what they might think might be uh, the reason that these Kalmata games are better, I'd love to hear it. Uh, Or if you guys have any thoughts on this, it's kind of similar to the best game never and all that. But, you know, maybe I have some new listeners and maybe we can get some new input about that. Also, tomorrow I'm going to play in Goblin Stomper, Howard Bailiff's one or AD&D game. And uh, I don't even know where my books are. I got to find them tonight uh, in between prepping and running and get a character set up and see how that goes. Supposedly, we're fighting some goblins. Sounds like vanilla, but is it good vanilla? I don't know. I've had some very specific guests on Hobbs and Friends recently, uh, like Bella Strike. I'm going to have Ramana on there. Uh, I think that Humza was a very much in this idea. What I want to talk to you guys about is 
what what is what is the OSR now? I feel like I knew what the OSR was a couple years ago, uh, but the OSR is something different now, and I think it's because the loudest and the most influential people are going to be the ones who define everything, uh, especially in our little niche hobby. When you have vloggers with hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, listening to you, then you're going to control a lot more than Jason Hobbs with 3,000 listeners or 300 listeners or 100 listeners or whatever the number actually is. And the way I define things, even if I think that is the right way and the majority of the people in the movement think that's the right way, it's not going to matter if someone with a much larger influence is going to define things. And if you feel like things should be defined a certain way and it's unacceptable to you for those to change, I really think you're wrong. No one is going to be successful trying to control this unless their influence is as large as the other influencers. And frankly, I don't think they are. I don't even think Matt Finch gets that many people watching his game. I mean, I have 100 subscribers on my YouTube channel, but how many actually watch? Not that many. Um, I supposedly had 3,000 listeners to Hobbs and Friends. Um, a hundred and some listeners to Random Screed. Many of those probably overlap. It's not that many people when you compare it to Ben Milton, Questing Beast, hundreds of thousands of followers, or Matt Colville, or I don't even know who all are talking about it. Web DM, uh, DM Dave and Justin, who I just had on the show recently. I really think it benefits Screeders to let people do whatever they want. If they want to change what the definition of the OSR is, let them. It doesn't matter. They're really the people that matter. It's not going to change how you or I play games unless we want it to. So there's no reason for us to try and control or gatekeep to keep the OSR what it is to us. Just just let it go because you're fighting a losing battle regardless. I hope that makes sense. Some of the dudes I love the most are the ones who might be trying to do this and I think it's wrong I don't think it's the way to go about it all you're going to do is alienate yourself and those who you could be influencing and I mean it's not about influencing people either but if you want to help control a narrative about a game then that's what you need to do is have a larger sphere of influence right so I don't know it's, it's madness. There's a lot of things I don't know, and that's one of them. Hey, people, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Another Random Screed Encore by Jason Hobbs. Hey, everybody. I think you all know that I like to run BX. You're also probably aware that uh, in the last year or so, uh, Gavin Norman at Necrotic Gnome put out BXE, BX Essentials. And I've talked about it some, but 
Uh, did you know that there is a Kickstarter from Necrotic Gnome going on right now for old school essentials, OSE, where he has also taken a better layout, better wording, fixed uh, anything that he could uh, on any BX stuff, and he's got an awesome box case. Uh, you can get a large tome with everything. You can get five books separately, hardcover. You... It's pretty incredible, actually, and if you don't know about it, you should go check it out now. Go. Go now. Check it out. OSE, Gavin Norman, Old School Essentials. Yeah. Tell them Hobbs sent you.